need to give out some copies. I only have a few left, so I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people still have them. That's all I have left. So I'm going to assume... Oh, I have some more. I, I apologize. I was wrong. I have more, but go ahead and... Special thanks to uh, Paul for speaking last week, bearing his soul. Amen. Um, appreciate it very much. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> um, this is a good time to uh, now enjoy, of course, the wonderful breakfast that's prepared for us. We don't, we can't thank enough the uh, those who set the time aside to do that. Um, on third Sunday where they get a meat and it's more than a continental breakfast. It's a really good one. So we appreciate those, that effort, those efforts to taking place to do that. And let's go ahead and get back into the lesson and we'll give the moment now to uh, give uh, thanks to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've uh, given us to sit quietly and listen to your spirit speak to us. We thank you for Sunday school, we thank you for the venue. We thank you for the opportunity for us to have real good discussion about what is being said, what's being uh, talked about, what's being put forth. And we thank you, Lord, that we remain biblical, we remain honored to your word in all things that we say. We give you praise and thanks for all these things, and we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. Back at it, We've, we're at the Bible Lee. We were down at the bottom of page one, and uh, I'm just going to make sure that we uh, cover some essentials before we flip the page and go back to page two. Uh, but I just want to make sure that you're aware that um, this study is a study that I think uh, hits home. Uh, it certainly will hit home, especially as we go forward and move into uh, our seminar coming up in a couple of weeks. Because of the name I Am, which is actually being talked about here uh, by Jennifer Rothschild's study, uh, I Am is here. And we were having a discussion last time about um, the sons of Korah asking God why he was hiding from them in their time of affliction. And we looked at scripture passages in Psalm 44, uh, Psalm 44:24, and the reminder uh, of that was that one of the things that we had discussed with that was that there's a feeling when you feel like you're being abandoned from the Lord, similar to the feeling that uh, David represented in the 23rd Psalm, where he discussed, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are comforting me, Lord, with your very presence. He uses the words rod and staff, which are uh, actual physical things that are being used to uh, provide stability and comfort. And that's what a rod and staff does. We need, a staff helps to stabilize you if you're walking. And a rod, frankly, uh, can be used uh, not just for that, but for protection as well, too. So God is the one who gives us this protection, but we have to sometimes be prayerful in the midst of a very difficult time to remember that God is indeed the one who gives us this protection. When we run into things that are 
indescribable, unforeseen, um, downright surprising, perhaps appalling, we have to always go back to understand that even though you may be in a very difficult situation, God is the one who is guiding you through that situation and circumstance. He's the one that's doing so. Now, note that uh, right at the bottom of page one, just as a brief refresher for those who weren't here, we were talking about what phrase would you describe to describe a hard place you have experienced where you felt God's absence. And we went down the list there, being stuck in a pit of despair, traveling on a highway to nowhere, holding on to a rope with a frayed knot, treading water with no shore in sight, alone in a dark room with no window or door or other. And we mentioned very briefly that a lot of this has to do with sometimes a person being in depression. Depression is not always a clinical diagnosis. Let's start with that. Some of us may have had a diagnosis of clinical depression, but depression does not necessarily mean that you are under doctor's care. Depression simply means that you are going through a very, very low time in your life and you really don't see any way out of it, personally. We have to remember that, those de- that depression, you do come out of it, and you can come out of it if you don't have a clinical diagnosis. The ones that have a clinical diagnosis with depression sometimes have to have something called medication to help them through those bumps and bruises. And I can attest to that because I was one of those people. I had a diagnosis of mild clinical depression um, in a previous marriage, which will remain unnamed. But it was where I was diagnosed with the highest dose of Zoloft you could take, 100 milligrams of Zoloft every day. And all all antidepressants do is supposedly level off your brain levels. It's supposed to take you from, instead of having these high waves of high and low, it's supposed to moderate it more. It doesn't cure anything. All it does is it just helps your brain waves to be able to function properly. Well, some of you may not have clinical depression, but some of you certainly know what it is to have highs and lows. Amen? Because it happens. That's called life. There are ups and downs that occur in life that take place. Oh, and by the way, I'm on no medication whatsoever today, just to make that very clear. Um, sometimes depression uh, is cured when you are removed from a situation that is very difficult. And so you have to recognize that sometimes you have to pray to the Lord to give you guidance as to what the next steps are, how you work through these situations and do these things. That's why we rely upon the Lord so much. Amen? We rely upon Him. It's when we are the ones making decisions sometimes where we get into more trouble. But if we rely upon Him and we trust in Him, rather than taking the fast approach, sometimes the slow one is the best one. Right here. Okay. <laughs> Let's just keep doing that. Okay. So you notice those different bullet points that we talked about. Those are things that we may go through as individuals personally. But there is another side that we come out of. And we come out of it by recognizing who God is 
that is covering us, who this God is that is protecting us. One of the things we're going to be looking at in our seminar in a couple of weeks is going to talk about that very thing. Do you really know who God is? And if you are having trouble with that, his names will help to give you information to help you to connect with him. He has many different names that he's used in scripture. We're focusing in this particular class on the I am name, but that I am name, frankly, spawns off all of the other names. It starts with this particular name where he calls himself I am. Okay. Now let's take a look at something here real quick. Let's go over to page two. And for the point of reference, too, go back to the 23rd Psalm just to have that open while we're having the conversation about it. Psalm 23. 23rd Psalm. Now, just as a challenge for for those of you who are... um, newer to the Bible, I would challenge you to memorize the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm is six verses. It's not a long passage, but it is a very important passage for us to take a look at. You can't take anything out of context if you have all six verses. Amen? It's all right there in front of you. But the 23rd Psalm is a great uh, passage to memorize. And just for the sake of conversation. Let's go ahead and read it uh, together. And I'll, you can follow along as I read it. I'm reading from the ESV version. Verse 1. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, go back and remember that he says in verse 4, he's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But yet there's no reason to be fearful of evil. Because all the other verses, verses 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6, give a reassurance of God's presence his power, his ability to make sure that righteousness is declared, that even in the face of your enemies, even in the face of people who are looking at you, you will still be blessed. You are glorifying God with the very presence of him being in your life and you being being obedient to him and honoring him. In spite of enemies being present. And that's one thing we need to understand and see here. Those are things that we need to remember. Now, 
understand something. Satan does not want you to remember any of those other things. None of that. Satan wants you to dwell on the valley of the shadow of death. And be fearful in spite of the fact that God is protecting you and covering you. Always remember those very things. Satan, the flesh, will always take you back to this shadow of death. Because that's what he does. That's what he does to us. We always try to look and plan for different things, and sometimes when you're planning, we look at what's the worst case scenario? What is the worst case scenario? Well, we always dwell on sometimes the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is that you die. But is that really so bad if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Just something to think about. Yes. Okay. And when I was looking at that, I wondered why did Jesus Christ chose to be a shepherd mm-hmm. when he could have chosen to be something else that was different because the shepherd was looked down upon. Right. Okay. Amen. And we need a shepherd. Another thing I thought about, and that is, we can see wild animals in the museums. We can see it on TV. Okay. Wild horses, but you never see a pack of wild sheep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you may see sheep on TV, but we're not usually talking about fangs that sheep have or... Attacking after people, you're a correct. Yes. Sheep. That's right. You never see a pack of wild sheep. Yeah. Wild sheep, no, we don't. You know why? Because they can't defend themselves. Okay. And they won't last in the wilderness without a shepherd. Okay. So those are some of the things that I thought about that I dealt with years ago. Okay. Very good. Excellent analogies, yes. Yes. Which is already accomplished. That's right. And you know, I ask people to, to watch the movie Second Man because mm-hmm. that's how he was. He, he, when he saw the flood, it already answered. He went, I don't need to pray. That's already answered the situation. Mm-hmm. And much of scripture is like that. When we read about what we should do, we should really say what God has already done. Mm-hmm. Well, Look at verse, verses 5 and 6. You can make an argument. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Truly goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That has actually turned into a praise. 
And those last two verses are a praise. Because he is accepting the very thing that God has given to him. And when you're accepting that, it is no longer a prayer. It's now a praise. Because he's delivered you. It's a recognition of a deliverance. It's a recognition of God truly doing the very thing he says he's going to do. He's said to us these things. He's told us these things. And now verses 5 and 6 are essentially a praise. That's a great point. Because you made me think of that very thing when I'm looking at that. It is after the fact. And, he, and, the, and not only is it after the fact, it's also a promise for the future. He's saying the very things that, that God has promised to do to, for him. And he is giving that information for us to understand too. Now, when you look at it this way, and you look at this particular psalm and what it's talking about here for David's purposes, and we know David went through all kinds of stuff. Oh, did you have your hand up? I'm sorry. Okay, I couldn't. I'm sorry. Yes. Right. Okay, that's right. Yep. We have to still rely upon him, don't we? Absolutely. It's really tough when you... Let's look at this first paragraph on the top of the page, too. David understood that even when he walked through the valley of shadow death, of death, God was with him. Amen? We got that. A spouse leaving, the death of a child, illness, financial despair, or myriad other hard things feel like that valley. And anyone who's gone through this knows exactly what I mean by that. When we walk through such valleys, we often can't feel God's presence. It's just too dark. It's darker than even the darkest room you can think about. Darkest room is when there's no lights on. But it can even feel darker than that. That's what we're talking about here. Giving you perspective. Okay? The feeling of God's absence reminds me a little of blindness. This is Jennifer Rothschild speaking. Talk about walking in shadows. Blindness makes it impossible to determine someone's presence if they're still or silent. They can make me feel distant, lonely, or isolated. How strange that I feel these, those emotions even when someone is right there with me. We can feel the same way about God, distant from him isolated from him, and lonely even though he is right there. That's true. We know with our education and our sensibilities, as believers in Jesus Christ, we know that God is present with us because he knows, we know he dwells within us through the power of the Spirit. But yet, we're still in the flesh. We're still in the flesh. 
In the dark, I can feel alone, but my feelings offer no reliable confirmation that I actually am alone. And the issue here is our feelings. Our feelings. Our feelings sometimes can play tricks on us. Amen? I'm not a psychologist, but I do know that when your emotions get the better of you, you start acting sometimes out of character. Out of your normal character. When your emotions get the better of you, you do act out of character. If someone tells me they are there, then I just have to trust they are. I sure don't want to simplify the profound nature of God, nor do I want to seemingly dismiss the pain you may suffer from feeling the absence of God. But my friend, sometimes you just have to trust he is there. Accepting God's omnipresence is a matter of faith. It's that simple, and it's that hard. No truer words were spoken. You can make it a very, well, just have faith. Just make that statement. Just have faith. Now, when you are discipling someone else, because remember, we've made this class a mission to be able to disciple other people, be careful what you say to somebody who is scuffling with their faith. Don't just say, well, just have faith. You can say something to that effect, but say it differently and say it in a way that encourages them. For example, a person who's scuffling with their faith, what you can do is say, I understand you're having trouble with this. Let's pray about this together so that you have the ability for God to show you ways for you to be even more productive in your efforts to have faith. I just took a couple of sentences and changed it to make it a positive statement when you're discipling someone. Rather than just saying, just have faith. Because some people, when they're having a hard time in the flesh, have to break through that fleshly behavior to understand the need to go back to the Lord and be prayerful about it. You don't want to come off as uncaring or unfeeling in your discipling. Now we got a bunch of hands. I'm going to get Paul first because I saw him first, and I'll come back around. Go ahead. Yes. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, but, what, but what really is, we lack trust. Yes. And you know, when I, when I read the, the uh, proverb, trust in the Lord with all your heart, mm-hmm. the Lord puts me there. Do you? Yeah. I just say, yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to. Yep. So help me to trust you 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have the faith that, that yeah. uh, saved me. Well, that's why that verse is there. The verse is kind of telling us to trust in him because he knows that we have trouble with this trust thing. That's right. That's right. Uh, Arella, you had your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know what? You're right. That's exactly right. You're just using boilerplate language 
boilerplate language. Everybody knows boilerplate. It's what you would normally say to someone. Like, you know, if someone says, please, you say thank you. Something like that. You know what I mean? That's boilerplate stuff. But now you're not coming across as being sincere. You're coming across as being less than sincere because now it's time to get rid of your problem and I'll move on to something else. You got that? That's what we want to make sure we avoid. I'm sorry. Over here, I know we had... It, 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 I mean, what does that even mean to a person that doesn't even, they may, they're not even believing yet? Yeah, I mean, so that's what right. Does, what, does what does it mean? mean to that person? That's right. It means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Actually, it could be lightweight and offensive. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because you're putting it back on that person to do something that they're having trouble doing. There you go. Amazing. The Lord, what, why are you so amazed? What, to me, I was, it was like a miracle. A lot of people don't even believe there's miracles today. That's right. But she made me feel, you know, I ignored her. Right. But she made me feel this big. Yeah. Amazed, amazed. Like she just got all of these things, Yeah. You know. Yep. So you have to be careful how you. Yeah. You have to be more encouraging. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Know, read up a little more yourself. Right. It is. She acted like that was a word that I should be using. I don't know. Now, what that taught you, though, is yeah. that everybody has, that's exactly why we're having this seminar. Okay? I'll get you. Everybody has a different view of God based upon how, that, how God has worked in their life. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's still a learning opportunity, a growth opportunity for all different, I know, for all different people. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to say you're praying for that person, pray with them right then and there. Number one, that's, what, that's how you take care of that. You may very well be praying for that person later on, but if you want to also demonstrate that you truly are sincere with your words about prayer. So if you're using that boilerplate language, I'll pray for you, let's change that and say, I'll pray with you right now about your very situation. And just go to the side and hold hands and pray. I mean, come on. That's, again, that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah, may I pray with you? Absolutely. Right. 
And that's, that's important too. Be courteous about that as well. I mean, you're exactly right. So you see how it's very important for us as we learn about discipling, even though we're having this conversation about this particular class, the words you use really do mean something. They are impactful. And when we talk about the names of God in a couple of weeks, we're going to see how many different names he has that actually do fit into your individual personalities to give you greater understanding of who he is and a greater growth opportunity as to who he is. That's a small commercial, so just be prepared for that. April 5th and 6th. All right. So let's continue. Let's see what God says about himself. Let's look at Jeremiah 23. Turn to Jeremiah 23. And we're going to actually look at verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah 23, verses 23 and 24. Let's read those verses. Verse 23. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a guard, God far away? Verse 24, can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. So what three questions is he asking? Go ahead. That's right. That declares the Lord and not a guard far away. And you can write that down in your handout as well, too. You just basically copy verse 23 in that first section. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God God far... Why do I keep doing that? A God far away. I'm thinking ahead when I'm reading. That's what happens when your mind is ahead of your your words, your voice. It happens a lot with me. So that's the first question. Now that question is asking, asking very simply, am I not close? Second question. What's the next one? There you go. Can, I, can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? Now, that is essentially a question that we already know the answer to, which makes it somewhat rhetorical. But quite frankly, we need to ask that question. Because why do we do the things we do when we know that God can see them? Do the things that we do that are wrong, is what I should say, when we sin. God doesn't miss anything that we do. You can't hide from him. And what's the third question? Do I not fill heaven and earth? Well, you would think he would because he created them both. It's all him. Now, rephrase the questions God asks into I am statements that reflect what God is saying about himself. Take that first one. God says, now, it's I am, and then you take that first question and 
rephrase it. So how would you do that? I am close. You're just using a very simple way of putting it. I am close. I am near. I am with you. Expand upon that. I am, and, and this is helping you to think through this process here. So you're saying, I am close. And I added, I am near. And I added, I am with you. Now you can even put an adjective in there. I am always with you. I am always in your presence. I am always with you no matter where you go. Pardon me? I'm just a breath away. That's really expanding upon it. (laughs) But it's very true. Now we need to understand this. Look how we expanded upon that from I am close to I am always with you no matter where you go. Okay? That's an I am statement. So we'll get back to what Moses dealt with later. Let's take the second question. I am what? What do we do with that second statement? I am what? I am everywhere. Okay. I am everywhere. I am all seeing. Okay. True? So you're taking, can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? The answer is no. I am all seeing. I can see it all. I know what's going on. There's nothing that gets past him. I am. There's nothing that gets past me. I am all seeing. I am all knowing. All right, what about the third one? Yep. Sure. Oh, absolutely. So God is bringing us along to let us know that, hey, you know what? I'm afraid of this, but you think about it. You come up with an answer. Yeah. Basically, don't go, don't go to God or go to Jesus God. It's a courtship. It is a courtship. He's teaching us. He's teaching us. We we will stop learning. Oh, go ahead. Everywhere it is can be applied that way. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And it's not limited. Correct. There's no limit to him. There's no limit. Yes. Okay. You, you want to throw that monkey wrench in there now and talk about that after we've been having such positive vibes the entire time? And here comes Pastor Gus. Do you have it? 
Okay. <laughs> no, it's not in Genesis, believe it or not. Go ahead. Psalm 139. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Very good. Well, okay, let me, let's, let's back up. Remember when you talk about heaven and earth? Well, all that encompasses all of that includes hell as well, too. I mean, that's his creation as well. That's the place that he put forth for punishment, especially for the angels that rebelled. And then for those who don't have a relationship with the Lord, that's also his creation, too. Yeah, there's nowhere you can go to escape him. Now, understand something. Hell is actually an eternal separation from him. But it doesn't mean that he's not there. It's the state of being eternally separated that you experience. So we're going to get off that subject now. Because I've just ended that discussion. I had to effectively end that discussion. Pardon me? Jonah 2.2? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. When you're in the belly of a fish, you might as well equate that to being in hell. Is that a fair comment? It's dark. Remember, <laughs> I said fish, right? Yes, exactly right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, so... <laughs> All right, let's get back to the third one. I am for the third. What's the third? What's the third one now? I'm the very essence of all there is. Do I not feel heaven and earth? And so you're saying I am the very essence of all that is. Okay. Anyone else want to add to that? That's pretty. That's pretty embellished there. I like that. It's good. Okay. I am. Okay. All right. God claims he is near to all, able to be everywhere, so no one can hide from him. And that he fills every piece of space that surrounds us. He is not subject to or bound by any limitation of space. Amen? He is there with you right now, but even so you may not feel he is. I know that is hard to grasp, but try this. Complete the sentence. God's presence is like blank. God's presence is like blank. Yes. Air. Air. Very good. I like that. Anyone else? The sun shining on your body. Okay. What did you say? Space. Space. Okay. Light. Jesus himself, the very essence of light that can overshadow darkness. Heaven. Okay. 
you're putting it as to a heavenly, his presence is like a heavenly, okay, I got it. That's good. There's no right or wrong answer. You got that, right? It's what you think. If you're recognizing that God's presence is like this, for you, that's what works for you. Everybody say yes, go ahead. Yeah. Cool breeze. A cool breeze on a hot day. Very good. We love hot days. Lynn and I love hot days on the beach. But sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of a breeze as you're walking along, too. Because there's no shade out on the beach. So a cool breeze is a very refreshing and welcoming thing. Yes. Okay, the feeling that you get when you accomplish something. So God's presence is like the feeling that you have when you accomplish something. Okay, there's no right or wrong answer. That's, that's good. What we're doing here is this is an exercise. You're thinking this through. You may change your answer later. If you think, you know, you may have more than one answer. There's no one way to describe this. But what you've done, though, now is you've equated God's presence to being a very positive thing. And what you have to understand, too, is that the conversation of this class is about people who are having difficulty sensing God's presence. So you need to remind yourself and teach yourself as well what it is when even though things are not going well, what is God's presence really like? A salve on a wound. Okay, you get that? Those are things that you're using to really try to feel and experience what God's presence is really like. If you're wounded, if you've got a cut, it's kind of good to have an antiseptic, isn't it? And that's what God provides. Okay. Now, don't worry. I know you're not making a doctrinal statement. Goodness knows we're not doing that. We're just trying to make a present reality of something we probably never pulled up close to our hearts. We have to use words, even knowing our words will fall short. If you had trouble finishing that sentence, don't worry. So did I. I couldn't think of one simile, not even one word, that fully represents his presence. Now, Jennifer is probably being a little bit hard on herself, and that's fine, because you have to understand her position. She's blind. She can't see. She's trying to get through... She has extra things that she deals with that we don't, frankly. But we also know that this is a learning process for us when we try to recognize what God's presence is like. I guarantee you it's different for everyone in this room. And it's different for everyone in this room, including Diamond, (laughs) is because we have different personalities. We are all different people. We are not the same person. We may have character traits that overlap, but we're still all different in how we perceive things, how we take in things, how we sense things. This is not a mystery. This is fact. So our whole process of answering that question is going to be under development over time. There's not one single answer. 
we're still all learning. We learn all about God until the day we are gone from here. We're still learning. He's still teaching us. He's still giving us information. And like Ed said, it's a developing relationship. He has been courting us. He's been courting us all along. If he desires for all people to have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, what is that doing? That's courting us. We can either be the the other side of the relationship where we accept that courtship, or we can reject him out of hand. (laughs) Yes. There you go. That's, and that's a promise. That's a promise that he makes to all of us. As long as you're seeking after him, you're going to recognize that development. Because he's going to teach you. When he says in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Well, you have to keep doing those very things in order for him to change you over time. Well, we'd start doing, we just give up. I'm not asking him for nothing. God, don't come anywhere near me. Well, that's an attitude problem, isn't it? Because you don't like what's going on in your life. You don't like what you're experiencing. You don't want to go through it. You don't understand why you're going through it. You want answers and you're not getting them. And so sometimes what happens In our flesh, we just say, God, don't come near me. I don't want anything to do with you. And that's what we have to avoid and understand that Satan wants that exact thing to happen. Understand something. Satan can't take away your salvation, but he sure can put you on the sidelines if you allow it to happen. He can't take away your salvation, but he can put you on the sidelines. I was really struggling with the concept that God is everywhere. The theological term is omnipresent. Omni is from the Latin word omnis, meaning all. Present means at hand and in attendance, the opposite of absent. The actual word doesn't appear in the Bible, but the concept is everywhere in Scripture. Yet even that big, smart-sounding word doesn't do justice to the huge concept, God is everywhere with all his being. That was the second bell. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop and pick up right there next week. Thank you for letting me know. I was getting a roll going, too. Go ahead. Yep. We have to be careful that we don't say, okay, pray about it, or I'll pray for you, when we can say, here. Because Jesus said, look, I was thirsty, and he didn't give me anything to drink. Right. He didn't say, you didn't pray for me. Yep. He said, you didn't give me anything to drink. That's right. And I'd love to share some instances someday. Uh, one more time. Okay. Uh, of, of, of the result of a person saying, I have this need, and to say, well, here's, here it is. Okay. Here's what you need. What that did to that person. Sure. It's amazing. Well, make a note to do that. We'll have, have time next week to do that. Okay, we're going to go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you for your patience.
allowing us to get rolling this morning. But think about those things we've talked about. God truly is present at all times. He is always with us. We always need to remind ourselves of that. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to have discussion. We thank you for how the Spirit truly does help us along with information. Gives us encouragement. We thank you again for that, Lord. We thank you for your presence, your very presence this morning. We pray now for the upcoming message and the speaker, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. We'll pick up.